to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing take your seats Shall we shall we pray And Father in the name of Jesus we acknowledge your glory and what it is doing in every person's life right now We thank you that even as you you deliver to us what's on your heart for this day and this week we are good ground that bears some hundred some 60 some 30 we choose to do your will and your works by the power of your holy spirit in jesus mighty name amen how are you Let me begin by talking about the book. The book, the ban. Um This is a thing that we taught but never wrote about. So someone had uh, the audacity to write about it. And it's one of those books that are very necessary for the generation. So if you have not yet read this book, whether you are in a relationship, you are married, you are single, you must read this book. you are you are called to celibacy if you at all we have a brother or a sister who has a calling to save the lord in the way of poor you still need to read this book because where are you going to preach from so how much is it you still have copies 100 so it's going for 100 please ensure that uh, you you get yourself a copy So what I was supposed to teach you today I will not teach you because you've disqualified yourself. How many have written down the ideas? Don't lie so that I can preach. <laughs> Raise your hands. Look at just look around. The people who so these are, are my church members. <laughs> eh? The rest of you are uh you attend service <laughs> so what what i had in my spirit i want to give you because you've disqualified yourself yes 
there are times when God brings a message and you have to qualify yourself for it. A lot of times, there are some messages that God has not even permitted me to preach because I did not qualify myself to preach the message, but I received. Until I reached a certain place, did I preach that message? So if you are learning things, but you're not doing anything about it, again, next two years later, we'll say, who, who needs to pay? Who's going to pay 30,000 uh, for buses? It has to be the deacon or Pastor Daniel. But what you listened to, what is it doing for you? Just telling you, just making you think, wow, that's deep. Meanwhile, you remain shallow. So, I expect that when you listen to the word of God, you need to bother, right? So, what I really wanted to share with you, I will not share with you because you have disqualified yourself for that message. So, when I ask next week how many have thought and they have written down and I see at least a quarter of you, then everyone will be qualified to listen to the next thing. I told you that we are going to be dealing with some meat, but already you are choking on the previous meat. You are choking. Huh? What are you going through? Huh? Child of God. You are not convinced that what I'm teaching is from God. You want God to stand here and tell you, come up with three business ideas. That's when you listen. Is that what you want? But you know, this lack of action is also a sign of unbelief. So don't discourage me, okay? When I tell you what to do, do it. Um, because this kind of attitude can be extremely frustrating. So this is why sometimes you find I am very far from where you are. Meanwhile, we're supposed to move together. Amen. So let me see what I can preach to you. Let me find the sermon. Okay, I'll... I'll patch up one or two things that you already learned uh, so that we can solidify one or two issues. I will do a long recap. <laughs> Exodus chapter 14. Yeah, because what you're doing, how do you expect to be happy you've gone to a GCE class? <laughs> so what you are feeling right now is a GCE class. Now, how many have been through GCE? Be honest. How many have been through GCE? Be honest. How many have been APU, GCE? Raise your hand. You went there. Why are you hiding? <laughs> I want to see you. Is it exciting to go take a GCE class, even dress nicely? Is it exciting? So that's what you're experiencing right now. 
But it's good. Go to GCE. I, 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 I recommend it if you need it. APU. So there was a part which uh, came out during last week's sermon where we were talking about uh, God and darkness, remember? And it seemed it brought more confusion than order. It, it sort of challenged your, your what? Your theology. So I just want to sort of explain it a bit further so that your understanding is, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and in this regard, now I don't know if what I'm going to explain is going to make it more confusing, but I hope it makes it clear, correct? Is that your expectation? Okay, Exodus, I want you to look at, uh, we're gonna look at a few scriptures. Since I have to find the same one. Out of my belly. But how shall it flow out? We didn't allow the inflow. <laughs> so what? Exodus chapter 14. We're going to read from the Amplified Classic, verse 19. The Bible says, And the angel of God who went before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. That's behind the Israelites, right? And the pillar of the cloud went from before them and stood behind them. It's like the pillar followed the angel, right? Coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. So it went in between them. And then it says, it was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians. But it gave light by night to the Israelites. And the one host did not come near the other all night. Look at that. It was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians. Now, the reason why it was not light on the other side is because during day, there was no need for it to give light. But on the other side, even during day, the reason why the angel moved there is so that it could bring darkness during the day and all night. So the angel moves with a cloud and he influences the cloud to the extent that that cloud is bringing about darkness and the angel is the one in, in engineering the darkness. And then this darkness is not normal darkness because the Bible says even at night it gave darkness. There's no need to give, to give darkness to night. But if these guys are soldiers, then they can easily know how to light up their way. So we need to engineer such a dimension of darkness that the light cannot understand it. Even if you switch on the light, <laughs> the light will be swallowed by the darkness. Are you following that? Yes. So that angel, I repeat, was just making sure that there is sufficient darkness for people to lose their way. So that they do not attack. Now, this, we reached at this point after looking at 
how, um, after looking at how there's a scripture I read to you which talks about God dwelling in the darkness, correct? I want us to go there just quickly. Give me um, there are a number of scriptures actually. But I want us to observe Psalm 18. Psalm 18, verse 1. Do you love the word of God? Ah, so you do. I thought so as well. You are there? So this is consistent. The scripture we read before is consistent with the fact that God as a dimension of him that has to do not just with darkness, but uh, thick darkness. Because it's a darkness which was even brought to the night so that the night is shocked. When it looks at that darkness, the night is shocked. Right? Psalm 18, verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Somebody say yes. And cried out to my God. Look at that. Now God is beginning to respond. I want you to know what happens when God is responding to you. But now I want you to, to not just see the answer. I want you to see the process. It's like, you know what we Christians are like? It's like when you pray, it's like you are looking for food. You buy. All you see is a finished product. Chicken and what? We take a little bit of what? We take a lemon and herb. You don't know the ingredients that bring that. All you know is you eat. Like a, like a friend of mine one time who, 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 who had ordered a mojito, but he didn't say, I want, don't want the non-alcoholic one. Then he now had to be asked, are you sure this is the one you want? Because he said he's a pastor. He said, yeah, yeah, it's the one I want. I, with the alcohol. No. So had he not been helped. He would have just found his feeling the glory. <laughs> Out of my belly today. <laughs> Flowing strange waters. <laughs> so it's, it therefore becomes important for us to understand the the process, not just saying, uh, God answered, this is the result. No, sometimes you need to be shown what happened. Eh? Okay, look at that. I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry became, came before him, even to his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. 
You just don't see, but when God is answering some of your prayers, some things die, some things burn. It may be a small answer because you are dead, but then the process that brought that, uh, that out that answer, someone had to die sometimes. Smoke went up from in his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens and came down with darkness under his feet. <laughs> I thought it would say light. Huh? It is describing how he came. It's not like he's putting darkness under his feet, like, I've defeated it. No, it's not in that context. Go on. He rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. So it looked like a wind, but there was an angel. Now, look at that. Just in case you were doubting the previous one. That, ah, it means he put darkness under his feet. Look at that one. One, two, three, go. That means he came hidden in darkness. <laughs> He's a grunest. And what? So I, that's why I said, I don't know if it's going to be clear. Because some of you have thought, all your, all your life you have thought, God is just like a bright light. I hope you don't feel like you've been scammed your whole childhood. <laughs> so sometimes when you see it, it's dark and you're afraid. But the one you worship dwells in a darker darkness. So why should you be afraid of darkness? <laughs> I'm afraid of the dark. No, no need. No need. Are you following me? Now, have you seen that clouds also come? Now, let me explain something again. This, this darkness is a sign of fruitfulness. It's a sign of mystery because it's the darkness that we only see with Nimbus clouds. That's why we say uh, when you see a dark cloud above you, then you know that it is going to rain. And rain is symbolic of fruitfulness. And rain is also symbolic of the presence of God. Now, the one we have is even, the one we have, is even light, because most of the clouds you see are not dark, they are gray. They are just dark gray, they are just like, uh, what's that gray? They are just charcoal gray, but this is darkness, and it's not just darkness, thick darkness, that means maybe God didn't want to scare us, so he made them charcoal gray. But the actual one, the actual <laughs> pattern is thick darkness, and that's where God does. Hmm. Okay. Give me Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitudes of isles be glad. Clouds and... I, I, I thought light would be surrounding him, which is correct as well. But look at that. One, two, three, go. I know the one you like. The next one, read it. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. That's the one you like. But then it's also there. It says clouds and darkness. 
I met, I met, I met uh, one of my daughters. She tells me, I want to be a lawyer. I said, wow, that's amazing. Tell me about it. Then she tells me, because I want to bring justice. I want to bring to the poor. I, want, I said, should I tell her? <laughs> but you see, I felt like, you know, we've been damaged by the experiences we've had. So, the, you know, there's that purity which I said, oh. And I pray that we'll have lawyers of our type who bring righteousness and justice. Not these lawyers who want money. They want, you know. But you see, it's a crooked word. Like today, we were driving somewhere, and this baby, she's like eight months. I don't know. How old is one? Nine. Yeah. So, you know, she saw a man who was doing Airtel money, and we had stopped somewhere. Then she starts waving at him. And he says, oh. And you know, the mother was like, oh, you're waving a stranger. Damaged by life. They don't trust people. <laughs> I said, here's a little girl just giving life everywhere. You know, it's cute. It's cute. So, righteousness and justice. <laughs> they are the foundation of easy throne. So that lawyer, please continue. I want to see a different kind of lawyer. You know, not us. We. No? I'm not saying I'm a thief, by the way. I'm just saying experiences <laughs> change you. They change you. You know, you learn to deal with people. It's just amazing. So apart from righteousness and justice, is clouds and darkness that surround him. I want you to look at, uh, finally, let's look at First uh, Kings chapter 8. It's just good theology because, look, this, the stuff I'm teaching you, it's not like it's a deep revelation. No, this, these are things you just read in the Bible. They're just there. Have I taught you any mystery here? Oh, I'm just showing you scriptures. There's no mystery here. <laughs> Look at that. Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of, of the tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel, to King Solomon in Jerusalem that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the city of David, which is Zion. Let's go. Therefore, all the men of Israel assembled with King Solomon at the feast in the month of that month, which is the seventh month. So all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. Then they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tabernacle of meeting, and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. The priests and the Levites brought them up. Also, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for multitude. Then the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place, in the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their two wings over the, the place of the ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. The poles extended so that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside, and they are there to this day. Are they? Are they? What happened to Solomon's temple? 
Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, that the cloud stopped. What kind of cloud? Now, after reading these scriptures, what cloud is coming to your head? <laughs> what kind of cloud came? Was it like a white cloud, like your typical glory cloud? So when we say, there's a cloud of glory in this place, what do you imagine? <laughs> when we say the glory of the Lord is in this place, and I was to open your eyes so that you see the glory, would you be a Christian again in that church? And I will show you that what you are thinking about the cloud is correct. Because there was a man who was in shock. Then he remembered that, ah, that's why Moses saw that. Let's read on. <clears throat> and so the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. What if the reason why they could not, take me back there. What if the reason they could not minister was not just because it was so heavy, but because they couldn't see? You can't rule out the possibilities. <laughs> you can't. So that the priest could not minister, continue ministering because of the cloud. Relax. <laughs> For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Let me now look at this. One, two, three, go. Stop. So it's like after he saw that cloud, then he says, ah, hey, so it's true what Moses experienced, eh? that the Lord would do it in a thick cloud. Because he didn't say that because it was a revelation. He saw something. Now, when you read the scriptures, you know the kind of cloud that God appeared in and the kind of cloud he was interacting with. Then you know why Solomon said what he said there. Are you following? Are you able to give me from the NKJV? So the Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. Now he understood. It's like, ah, now I understood. The Lord said he would dwell in a, in a. Are you listening to me? So there are teachings that we teach to, to build you up, but there are teachings that we teach so that you can know the realm that you interact with. In case you're wondering, how does this help me? <laughs> So that next time you meet God, <laughs> you are not shocked by what you are going to see. Now, the Bible says God is light. 1 John chapter 1. God is in whom there is no. That's true. But that doesn't mean God has no darkness around him. Now, the question also is what kind of darkness are we talking about? I've told you it's descriptive of his presence. Not not. Not darkness, listen, not darkness in terms of character. Because there's darkness in terms of, let me, let me explain to you dimensions of darkness. That's the first dimension of darkness, right? A, a darkness which is light. Because it comes from God, James 1 verse 17. What does it say? But don't go out preaching this. Leave the Christians the way they are. 
It's not everything we explain. Some things we just know. Because if you just say, God dwells in darkness, people will stop coming to your church. You will need time to explain the way I've explained to you. This is why some of the statuses, you just put up some heavy thing. You are not wise. Because you confuse your followers. You can't just put darkness. <laughs> or like one Sunday where an entire church just puts snakes. <laughs> some people even looked for live ones just for control. They look for life ones and put them there. Like, dude, relax. You, need, you will confuse everyone. Hmm, that church, isn't that the church where they do snakes? People will stop coming to your church. This is why we take time to explain so that we bring you to an understanding as opposed to just putting it out there. Eh, pastor said. And you churches for pastor said, people don't even like it more because they say you are papariated. <laughs> but it's okay. Someone said they don't care. <laughs> so look at that. Every good and, and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He is the Father of light. He is the father of light who dwells in darkness. <laughs> For the God who commanded light to come out of darkness, meaning when he was commanding light, he was in darkness himself. He said, let there be light. <laughs> but I've explained to you what that darkness is, right? And it's darker than darkness because that darkness you're afraid of. I'm afraid of the dark. Wait till I take you in the actual darkness where you were born. <laughs> so you don't fear darkness. You were born there. Come on. That should be your thought. You know, I used, to be, I used to be so afraid of darkness myself that I would rather just share the bed with a baby as opposed to being alone. I used to be so afraid of darkness. But when I began to deal with it, I would like, switch off the light at zero two and begin to pray in darkness, closing my eyes. Right? Just, just to see, the thing I'm afraid of, will it come? Up to tomorrow, it has not come. Then I realized it was in my head. So the darkness is not outside. Some of you, why you're afraid of the darkness? It's inside you. There's a darkness. And that's not the darkness of the presence, No. <laughs> even when there are a lot of people you can't close your eyes for a long time because there's a ghost in your head <laughs> yes, it looks on your faces I might possess no I'm not saying that I'm just saying I'm just saying you need self-deliverance, and the grace is sufficient. So you need to start doing experiments. Just try, switch off the light. See what happens. Just be strong. Just be strong. Because you cannot have that darkness inside you with light. You can't see. So, 
there's a darkness which is the presence of God-oriented, correct? Now, there's another darkness, the normal darkness that we see, which is physical. But then, you see, when we say powers of darkness, for example, it's not powers of darkness because they only come at night. Many accidents by powers of darkness happen during the day. So when we say, what do we mean? Let me show you something. Give me Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 12. One, two, three, go. One, two. So against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the rulers, that's a class of fallen angels. It's a class of very intelligent beings. And you see, this is a very important department in the kingdom of darkness. It's very important. And it comprises some of the highest, the, the cream de la cream of demonic forces. This one, yes. It involves, because this department deals with knowledge, It deals with knowledge. I'll show you. Give me, give me Second Corinthians chapter four. A, a very important department. Okay. It will make sense. Nidia, are you praying about it? Did we give him the scripture? I said verse 4. So you need to have like an exercise where you are saying scriptures randomly. Then the one who's fast is the one you'll be putting there. Right? So Satan is the god of this age because he starts by saying, if our gospel has been hid, it's been hidden to those who are perishing, whose minds the god of this age has? Uh -uh. So there's a blindness of the mind. So it's not a blindness of the eyes. That means this blindness can happen at 12 hours in October, 15th October. Like a blindness is happening at 12 hours. Huh? Are you seeing that? These are demons, they are fallen angels who are in charge of spreading wrong information. Because the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? So that means they provide convenient cells, prisons, out of inspiring ignorance. And sometimes it's just that attitude which makes a person not want to go to church to listen to the word of God. They are the ones engineering those appetites. Because there's something you're going to learn, and once you learn, you come out of a prison. So to keep you in that, so these are very intelligent beings. Because they supply 
the opposite knowledge. They promote wrong knowledge. What does Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 say? Huh? My people do what? So the way they kill those, the way they kill a destiny, the way they kill a person is through their ignorance. It says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, there's no person who has no knowledge. You have to know what knowledge is God talking about here. So if you are lacking a certain spiritual knowledge, it means you have a certain spiritual knowledge. And that spiritual knowledge is being supplied by that class of spirits. You know, one way in which the enemy, it make, the enemy is not omnipresent, but one, one thing that makes him everywhere is knowledge. Because the presence of demonic knowledge is a presence of demonic, demonic personalities and demonic manifestations. Because if you act on knowledge which is demonic, you have a result as if there was a demon in your life, but there was none. I mean, look at, look at, uh, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 16. Look at Matthew chapter 16. Give me chapter 20. Let's begin from there. 23, 20. So he begins to tell them now, he says, then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus Christ. Let's go. From that time, he began to tell them that he has to go to Jerusalem, suffer many things uh, by the hands of the chiefs and those, all those guys, and then he has to be killed and raised on the third day. Give it to me from the NLT. So he says, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Look at 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, you are a dangerous trap to me. Get, be, get away from me, Satan. He addresses him as Satan. But then why is he addresses, addressing him as Satan? He says, you are danger, a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. So what point of view are you using? So if there's a point of view, and Satan is not there, but he has supplied a point of view. There's a perspective he has supplied. When you see that perspective and you realize it's demonic, you immediately say, get behind me, Satan. You know you are fighting against a satanic weapon. Are you seeing that? Let me show you another scripture. Uh, second, second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse, let's look at verse 3. I, I love that one from the Amplified Classic. Give it to me from the Amplified Classic. Uh, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to show you a question that someone asked so that it makes more practical sense. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying out our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Let's go on. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of number one, number two, inasmuch as we refute. Where are, where are arguments formulated? 
all right? And what else? So those are points of view. They are theories. There are many theories you've read about. They don't originate from God. There was a committee of being somewhere, very intelligent. They've been around for some time. They've studied science. They were in the presence of God, and they fell off. So they know how to pervert things and bring to your finite, intelligent mind something that you can buy. You see, not every demon and demonic being is just there to manifest. No, no, no. There are some who call you. They will bring you for coffee. You sit down at Broomy, you know, and they begin giving you a proposal. They will even buy you the coffee. It's a normal conversation you are having. They are trying to buy something from you. They, they will put a deal before you. Not, and when you say, I bind, you say, relax, relax. <laughs> this one, you don't bind by binding. You bind by avoiding the wrong knowledge. You are following. So, what's the next one? Reasonings and every proud and lofty thing. Pride is an issue of the mind, firstly, because there's a point of view that lifts your heart. Are you there? Against the knowledge of God. We lead every... And are you saying that we, in that one, we are not fighting personalities? We're not... Because Ephesians 6 is talking about personalities. It says we are fighting against principalities, against powers, against rulers. These are personalities. But here, are you seeing, our weapons are not carnal. They are mighty, very mighty, just for fighting arguments and thoughts. So that means there are thoughts you need to fight. There are reasonings we should, when you listen to a person and the way they are reasoning, you realize this does not come from the presence of God. It has, it has no backing in the scriptures. It has no backing in the spirit of God. No, 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 no. It can't trace itself there. So you know it's a fight, especially in some of these organizations you work. And that makes Satan to be in many places at the same time, although he isn't, because his knowledge is everywhere. Once you buy into it and you begin operating in it, you can't deny him now. You can't say, but he's been using my, my encyclopedia. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Let's go on. Let me just show you this one last part. Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate. Or, give it to me in the, in the KJV or NKJV quickly. There's something I want you to see there. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Give it to me in the NKJV so that it makes sense. And having in a readiness to revenge and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is that means although you can there's a certain level of obedience you can't, disobedience you can't punish if you're disobedient yourself. Because he's saying, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your own obedience is complete. So there are certain powers of darkness you can't fight when you are disobedient to the word of God. Let me give you an example. The Bible says to tithe, right? It says, then I will rebuke devourers for a sake, Malachi 3. For us to believe in tithe, it means if you don't tithe, that devourer, it's not you who can rebuke. It is your obedience to tithing that can rebuke it. 
Because God himself moves and he has got systems that will cause that thing to, by your obedience. I will not get into that. That's, a, that's an entire topic altogether. Let me, let me show you a question that I think will, will show you how Satan operates in this day and age. Wenda na yesu, wenda na yesu, wenda na yesu. Oh, wenda na yesu, wenda na yesu, wenda na yesu. All right. I need a mind renewal. I'm sorry, this might be a long read. I, I, I wish I never read that part, but it's not going to be a long read. I'm a believer, but I am a pro-choice. When it comes to the issue of abortions, I believe that it's okay for someone to terminate pregnancy if the embryo hasn't attained a certain level of development, such as the heart starting to beat. I look at it as them just terminating cells that are yet to be used to create a person. I feel like it can, and you know, they are right. To some extent, they are just cells there. Let's, let's be honest. Let's, I'll sound a bit controversial, but I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Some of you are praying for me. The pastor has lost his way. Father, we love him. Guide him back. I feel like it can only be called murder or something if, if the same growth is reached. There, I would say it's wrong. I kind of believe in the, my body, my right. And it really bothers me that I believe it's fine. I've tried to go with the believer's way, but I've failed. I feel like people can get pregnant before they are ready. Like if one was molested and married, I think they married people too. But I don't like the fact that I'm God's child and I, child and I think like this. Now, there could be some here who probably think like this, but trust me, there was a research that was done in the States, and many people who did abortions of their pregnancies was as a result of careless sexual activity, not this molestation. That's a different topic, and maybe we can discuss that one, but I'm talking about people who got pregnant. Many of them, it was out of sexual carelessness. So you're going to have sex and you think you just come out. It's like applying for a job and then you come to lie when testifying. I got a job I didn't apply for. You applied. <laughs> well, how do you receive the job? Then you say, oh, I'm not ready. But you, you slotted in, you, you slid an application in the email. A fool. <laughs> it just happened in the moment. You can't say I just dropped it. I wasn't even busy. You, you <laughs> like one girl who was who was who was crying. I But you see, okay, let me just uh, help a few people. <laughs> Whatever I had to enter, but it didn't even enter a lot. 
Then the person got pregnant. <laughs> That's what happens. So, you see, people who do these things, firstly, you didn't even enjoy that same sex. You are looking, if someone is coming, you even get pregnant. And afterwards, you have to start repenting every day. Then the Christians are looking down on you, and then you start saying, no, the church, what they did to me. I don't know what some people think. You want us to be clapping for you. We hug you. I get shocked when I don't know the way the church treated me. No. When you do something wrong, give people their right to be disappointed. They have a right. It's okay. Just repent. Let people be disappointed. Don't gag us. You want us to pretend in front of you. I know you are a hero. No. <laughs> you aren't. <laughs> you have sinned. And we shouldn't clap for you. This is not the world. In the world, that's where when people, when people do something strange, then they clap for them. They say, no, what, what, what? And when they do something worse, they clap for them again. Like someone who released a song complaining about, and then his support system went up after was said. After the person released a song complaining about how he's been treated, I just read it somewhere on the bus. <laughs> how he's been treated. Him and his wife. Then he released this song complaining. If there's a deep complaint, this guy has complained bitterly, and then his support goes up. I said, oh, wow, it's a strange world. <laughs> now, that's the world. For us, trust me, the church, we get disappointed. <laughs> the church, we judge. Don't say, don't say, don't judge me. Where? The Bible says a righteous man judges all things. It's in the Bible. <laughs> okay, what I'm trying to say in English is just behave. <laughs> it will, it will, everyone will be happy like that. Don't test us. It's like one person who was telling me, I had a couple one time, they were telling me, no, you and, and Mavis, you've been dating for this long. You've never had an argument. Oh, your relationship is fake. You need to argue so that you know who she is. So I was thinking, should I believe these people? So should I go to Mavis and just step on her toe, just so that I can see whatever is inside, just so that we argue? And you know, this relation, it's a strange world. These people saying, oh, we had our first argument. And there are some, I don't know, wow. <laughs> There's a worldly way of doing things. There's no, it's like, let me just see how angry God can get. You will see it. <laughs> I hope you'll be alive afterwards. <laughs> so don't try us. Leave us like this. If you know today, leave us like this. Amen. Amen. Don't do experiments.
If you can be nice to your man the whole time, be nice. Don't say, no, I don't know. He's been too nice. Maybe I've not offended him. We've been dating for one year. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a You want to test him, huh? You now go and post your ex. No, we just met. He said, hi, then we took a picture, and then you posted it. Then he says, then he says, I've forgiven you. But then every time you have an argument, he brings it up. Every time you have an argument, he brings it up. No, he doesn't forgive. No, you brought it on yourself. Mari, we are So don't do experiments. If mistakes happen, that's fine. But don't say, no, we need that couple. The couple that was telling us we need to fight for a day at least just to check. They are, not, they are not together as we speak. They went their separate ways and it was so bad because they argued. And I'm planning soon to go and say, um, <laughs> should I? Maybe that's the only way they will not make the same mistakes going forward. Amen. How did I get here? What were we talking about? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pro-choice. So, uh, I just thought I'd help you. So, if you are planning to go and do something with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, just know when you come back, who handle you. You see, this is not Chongololo Club. This is the body of Christ. Eh? This is the body of Christ. Already, this church is filled with young people. And then you are known for that. There will be a distributive spread. There are parents who already by me being young, I don't, and I'm not even young, but they say, they say, oh, I have an old spirit. They say, they say, ah, no, so they fight their children. One parent after the parent came here, then they say, ah, I should have been coming here myself. It's a blessing. After they come. Now, if they don't come here, they already have a view, then now we help them confirm it. So one of the things we need to fight as a ministry is our own integrity. We need to be serious. We need to mark our integrity. When it comes to relationships, don't even, don't even say this girl is of a church. If he cannot come and bring himself to see at least a deacon, to see at least me, it just means it's a no-no. It's, it's, a, it's a deal breaker. Where you can't, see, you can't say we're going to see a deacon. What? what who are you going to see? Him is the Alpha and Omega of the, of the of the relationship. That same your fear to break up with a person is what will make you perpetuate the errors of your fathers because you were weak. You didn't have the boldness to say, we need this relationship. We've been dating for the past one year. Where is it going? You heard my wife was teaching. You need to ask, where's the relationship going? No, we are going. Where? <laughs> we just can't be going. 
We need to know where. Sir, where are you taking me? Don't be afraid that you look desperate. No, I'm desperate for my destiny as well. <laughs> so if you know, if you ask him, it will look some kind of, maybe the first month. But even there, sure, all these texts, he doesn't say anything. Okay, I'll give you another month. But it's been three and you are still. Aye, man, you will tell me where. <laughs> or you know what you do in that case? Just begin acting up. Because you're not picking up. You see, you're too afraid of losing the relationship, but you never had it. <laughs> what? What you are enjoying. Listen, listen to me, my daughters. Someone is complaining. What you are enjoying. What you are enjoying. It's like, you know, give me Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Let me show you what you are enjoying. The Bible shows us. Let me show you what you are enjoying. <laughs> so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. which are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is Christ. So it's like people who, they would judge you over the Sabbath. Okay, let me not get there. <laughs> they love the shadow of Christ. <laughs> they are so in love with the shadow. They've seen the reality, but they're afraid of it. So what you are flirting with, what you are texting is a shadow. You know this man has not asked you out. It's been three months. It's been one year. You, you don't want to hear a no. You would rather just be hooked to the idea <laughs> that something can happen between the two of you. Meanwhile, when we ask him, he will say, no, we are two Zambians. <laughs> Someone tap a sister on the shoulder, tell them, do not be afraid. There's a nice song Mrs. Mumba sang, I, I will not fear, I will not fear, cause you sent out an army for me. I hope I'm singing correctly. So please listen to that song, and then afterwards gather your guts to go and ask, are we two Zambians? <laughs> oh, we are going somewhere. Now, listen. So, how did I get here? Now, <laughs> firstly, when you're a Christian, you can't have an opinion because as a Christian, you've already been given the constitution of where you stay. So you can't have your own. Ah. So I agree that it's just cells coming up together, but there are cells in biology, but what are they to God? Because God does not say, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. Give me, give me Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. When did God, so when God is forming, he's not just forming cells, he's forming a person. Look at that. Why does it say? So that means probably before your great-grandmother was born. Because there's, you were in your mother's womb, right? 
you were in your mother's womb. But he says, before I formed you, that means the process of formation is divine. At every level, because he says before I, he didn't say before science formed you. He says before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So that means God knew you. And he goes on further to say, and ordained you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That means before he formed the guy in the womb, he called an ordination ceremony. And they brought gifts. They sang for him wherever he was. And they put the anointing on him and it cried. And then God began to form him. It's like saying, because she's two years old, she's not a human being until she turns the legal age of 18. You are a fool. So if you are saying it's just cells in the body, you are, you are free. But who gave you that information? What describes a human being? When does a person become a human being? You. When does a person become a human being? Huh? Answer. When does a person become a human being? When does a person become a human being? Before they are conceived. Because if there could be an ordination ceremony, there's a send-off party. So the question, when does a person become a person? You can't answer that when they develop a heart or a brain. Not you. Doctors can answer that. You, you can't. You've already been told that there are parties and gigs that happen before a person is born. So you can't. Now, here is an intelligent class of spirits that support the science. And we're not against the science. But then from the science, they are deriving stuff. And they are saying, no, 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 no. Actually, if you look correctly, when the cells are forming, that's just a cluster of cells. They are belittling the work of God. They are, they are saying, no, 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 it's not yet a human. Ha! And you are buying it. Busy buying it, buying it. This is why we say a person who does an abortion does not, they just become the mother of a dead baby or the father of a dead baby. Now, listen. I'm telling you this so that you stay away. Firstly, from from illicit sex. As a teenager, you know how to open your legs. did you reach there? Close those to my what? Focus on Jesus. If you start having feelings, it's just a sign that you are growing. That's it. Everyone has feelings. 
at some point. You start now seeing to my women and you can tell that you are given instruction. So you now say that <laughs> if I want to see who now, relax. <laughs> it's just a sign that you are growing. I need to be honest, there are a lot of young people here. Okay? You see, let me tell you a mystery. Did you know that you can listen? <laughs> you can train the people who are not yet born within you the kind of persons they are going to become. For example, let me, let, me, let me first be very biblical. The Bible says that <laughs> this, this is a whole different topic, but let me start here, then I'll close. The Bible says that when Abraham was giving, Chimbi, Hebrews 7, right? When Abraham was giving his tithe, Levi was inside him. He was also giving tithe. So no wonder Levi was just into tithes. It didn't start from him. It didn't start from him. He belonged somewhere. It, he belonged in a certain body. So that means he was in Abraham, the Bible is trying to tell us. Uh, Hebrews 7 verse 9, it says, even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. So, but we know, we, know, we know he was scientifically. It means there was a part of the soul of Levi which was in Abraham. This is why sometimes when God is choosing is choosing families to do certain things. He's picking particular families because there are particular gifts and personalities that he has placed in those families. So when he says, for example, that um, um, the promised seed should be born through Sarah and Abraham, not another person, it means there was a soul combination that God did. Something he was getting from Abraham and something he was getting through. Not, not Hagar, no. Why? Probably because there was a way those people grew up. There are things they exposed themselves to which became a part of them. So he knew that these two are the ones that I would use, the blessing that... So when you study Matthew chapter number one, he follows the, 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 the timeline and the genealogy. From, from Adam, he goes to this person, he goes to Abraham, he goes to Boaz, he goes to... That particular, there's something he's following. There's something, because there's something that is coming down from there. It should not be tempered with until it reaches what it's supposed to reach. That means there was something God was looking for. So when you are opening your legs before your time, the children in you are doing it. And if there's no power of God to come take you out of that, you should not be surprised if your children, you see, sin to Abraham, to Adam was eating an apple. Don't argue it was an apple. But to Cain, it was killing a person. That means sin can multiply as it goes down the drain. So, 
If say, every time you sleep with someone, there's a part of them that you take and a part of you that they take. And the Bible says the two shall become one. It's at a soul level. So that means the kind of people that will be born out of you are beginning to mingle personalities. Because, let me tell you something. There are some dreams which you have. It's not your dream. Your great-grandfather had that dream. Because when your great-grandfather was having that dream, you were there. You were present. So when that dream repeats, this is what I was telling my sister. When my son was born, we had initially wanted to give him the name Daniel. But when I looked at my life, I said, no, <laughs> let the boy have his own life. I don't want him to say, ah, my father, he gave me the name. I said, no, because there are some things I was not happy about in my life. So I said, let me give him his own so that we can tell you you didn't offend you in any way. <laughs> All this is your doing. <laughs> So Ijama Junior, no man said no, no. And I was telling, I was telling my my sister, because my sister, hey, why are you giving? I know, but why are you giving him the name Shepherd? And my sister says, but how how do you know he's a pastor? Because Shepherd is where we get pastor. I said I don't have to know, because when God was calling me, He was there. When God was appearing to me. And he was telling me, I'm going to give you. Who told you I was alone? Because if Abraham was giving, and then the one in him was also giving. Meaning the one in him does not need a special calling. He's just born and he's walking into it. Because God called him before he was born. (laughs) When his father was attending that. When when the word of God is being taught, let me tell you another mystery. When the word of God is being taught, one of the things you should do, all you pregnant women, be there. (laughs) All you with babies, be there. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Give me Psalm 16. Or we end here, then I show it next week so that. Because although I'm telling you this thing, you are not qualified yourself. It's just the love of God. You know, God's people, God's people, God's people, let me tell you something about God's people before I reach there. God's people can make you lose your calling, and then them will continue. Ask Moses. He was so angry because they were doing wrong things. They genuinely did wrong things, but he was so angry that God was not happy with him. He says, hey, you are not honoring me. Go and die. And the man died. 
Then those same people, God called stiff-necked people. He goes to another guy and says, eh, so my servant is dead. So I want you to take my people <laughs> to the promised land. So I can be angry at you, I lose my calling. Then you, you continue as the children of God. <laughs> ah! The devil is a liar. <laughs> so I'm just saying this for every minister. When you're handling the people of God, <laughs> be very careful. So that's why what I do, I just deliver what God tells me. What you do with it is your business. But I'll find you. It's okay. <laughs> now, look at that. He says, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Let's go. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows shall be multiplied. Who hastens after another God, the drink offerings of blood, I will not offer nor take up their names on my. Give me the next verse. Okay, yeah, we're correct. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have. You like this scripture, right? I love it too. Now look at this. He says, I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Um, give it to me in the KJV. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins, my reins also instruct me in the night season. My reins. Now, where do you find the renal vein or renal stuff? Huh? Medical people in the kidneys. Now, if you also check the the Hebrew word there, the Hebrew word is not heart. The Hebrew word there is not inner self. The Hebrew word there is kidney. Okay? Now, it means that how we should read it literally is, I'll bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My kidneys instruct me in the night season. He's trying to show you something there. Let, let me, let me, if you've read the book, The Art of Dreaming, I wrote the book, The Art of Dreaming, and I said there are three kinds of dreams. I don't know if I said four. I said there are demonic dreams, there are dreams from the flesh, and there are dreams from God. Four. And then I said there are dreams from the human spirit. They are not from God. They are from the human spirit. But then I discovered something as I read the Bible. There are dreams which come from body parts. When God is speaking, who listens? If it's only your ears, does that make him God? What this guy is saying is, when God was speaking, I did not hear, but that information was in my kidney. So when I slept, my kidney now began to tell me what God was saying. <laughs> I can prove it to you through the scriptures. Relax, but let me give you this foundation. 
When you are here, you think your baby is a fetus. They are not listening to the word of God. That's what you think. You are here, you think your baby should always be outside, always be outside. But one time, they will be seated, and they will just have this wisdom for relationships. They will just have this wisdom for relationships. They sat under a man who God had given an assignment in that area, and they can't remember. But when you listen to them, you say, you know, there was a man once. I used to go to his church. He sounded just like you. The child's skin was listening and keeping the information. There's, the information was being written everywhere in the child. And when the child now became of sound mind, that information could now move and go to the mind. You people. You see, the, 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 the structure of information, the way you think of it in the flesh is not the way it is in the spirit. How do I just call a person who's, who's maybe struggling with an evil spirit and I do like this and they manifest? Meaning my hand was able to instruct the spirit. So the spirit heard you did not hear. Because that's an instruction. I didn't say anything, but I did this. And the person fell. And the demon came out. So... Spiritual beings are able to decode information. One time, we went to a certain judge's office. And uh, I'd never understood this. So, Pastor Charles was talking to this judge because they knew each other way back. They were friends. So he said, now, let's pray. When he began to pray, I was seated like this, this, direct, this direction actually. Pastor Charles was here, the judge was there. He began to pray. The moment he began to pray, I saw the wall this side. It was shocked. It says, then it told me this has never been done in this place in years upon years. The wall was telling me that. The wall. I... I didn't understand. I kept it to myself. I walked in a certain house some time back. And when I walked into the house, that house had a record of all the words. And it, it, it was one of the best houses I'd ever walked in. I must be honest in Woodlands. But I knew the people who stayed there are abusive in their tongues because of the amount of information that was in the walls. And I asked the person, this place is very abusive because bad words have been exchanged in this place. And she said, it's true. I'm a victim. I said, okay, relax. I didn't, I didn't say how I knew. But when I was there, there was I could read the information on the walls. How come she couldn't? So is information only stored through writings? No, she's too young. We can't take her to church. You are ignorant. You'd rather leave them somewhere at your grandmother's. Let me show you something. Are you ready? Oh, it's too hot. 
Let me just, okay, let me conclude. Let me tell you something. Joshua 24. Give me Joshua 24. Verse 21. <laughs> I will continue next week on this issue because I want to show you mm, why you are the way you are. Because when you know, then you know what to do to become better. Yes. You know what to do to become better. And the people said to Joshua, no, we will save the Lord. Let's go. Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourself. In fact, just so that you get context, I want us to look at it from verse. Maybe you can begin from verse 15. Okay, you're following? Take me up there. Just for context, Joshua is telling them, you should save the Lord, not idols, what, what, what. I just want you to hear the words that Joshua was sharing. And if it seems evil to you to save the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you shall save. Whether the gods which are your fathers, which your fathers saved, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, your favorite scripture, right? We shall save the Lord. Let's go on. So the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to save other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we, we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also, we also will save the Lord, for he's our God. Not just you, Joshua. Relax. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot save the Lord, for he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions with this behavior. Let's go on. He says, if you forsake the Lord and save foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, relax, we'll save the Lord. Joshua said to the people, anyways, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to save the Lord yourselves, to save him. And they said, we are witnesses. <laughs> now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord of God of Israel. Let's go. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God will save us. And his voice, we shall obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law and he took a large stone. That's the part I want you to see. He took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny the Lord your God. So when you are having a chat, at Nando's with your man, on what you are going to do. You think the chairs are down, you. That's your problem. You think the chairs are down. (laughs) 
You say, no one was there. No one was there. Then the chair will come. <laughs> no, do you, do you think he was stupid? These guys were spiritual. There's something that they knew. That means when God is speaking, sometimes you can, you can go to a place and the stone which was there when God was speaking can give you data about what God was saying. Because he is God. And if if only human beings can hear him, how does that make him God? But also it means things around us can listen to conversations that have been had. I will talk about the calling of God. Some of you will now realize that this is supposed to be a pastor's class. You need to know that you may have a, let's stand, I need two hours to teach this thing. I need two hours. We are going to pray. And in our prayer, we are going to ask God that all the information that is within me that I have not been awakened to concerning my calling and my life. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Because God knew you before you were born and he had put a prophet, he had put something in you. You don't come from nowhere. All those who have been involved in illicit sex, I'm not going to ask you to come out. Just pray. Make sure no one hears your prayer. Oh, in fact, everyone will be praying. No one opening their eyes. Don't listen to your friend's prayer. <laughs> I don't need to pray for you because I'm giving you an instruction. You will lose yourself from every involvement with a soul that was not legalized. It's important. Huh? You don't have to manifest. I've already given the instruction it will happen. Give us very loud music. <laughs> now, I want everyone praying rigorously because some of you are going to pray for the information to come up, whatever it is. Don't come secretly to ask for prayer. I've told you how it will work. Prayers have been difficult these past Sundays in this church. Yes, <laughs> they got do that. <laughs>